Good Life Housing Partners, episode 38. Welcome, everyone, as we enter the final days of May. I'm actually in Miami, Miami, Florida. I'd say it's the most open place I've been since the start of the pandemic more than 15 months ago. Um, this is this place is uh, masks off, hats off, vaccines on, who knows, Um this there's no PPE whatsoever, and people are living life like uh, as if 2019 is where life started and is still continuing to function. So, uh, David Fong, this uh, Miami is not for the faint of heart. I'd be, to be honest, my friend, I'd be nervous if you were here. I think you'd acclimate well eventually, but you would find this place a little crazy. Uh, what, okay, how are but, you, my friend? But I, I'm good. I'm, I'm I'm happy that you're happy. Though I'm sure you must be enjoying yourself uh, thoroughly. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm jubilant. I, I told you on the last episode. I think I'm going to come back. I'm not fully sure, but I still think I'm going to come back. But but now let's but let's let's be clear. So you, you said it's 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 completely open. Everything is it different from Texas? You know, we I've done trips to Texas. So have you you're right. We've gone. Is, to Texas this is very different, time. or is it the same? It, it is different in that there is no mass. I'm in South Beach, so I'm in what I think is the, the like epicenter of openness in like big city America. And I would say that here you have there's there's very little mask wearing. And in fact, I think there is some sort of tone around mask wearing here that's like it's it's not insulting, but it's like you don't really need to do it and you're doing it because you just want to do it type of thing. It's like, you know, when you would, yeah, I think there's this weird thing here a little bit. Is it like a stigma? Is it like a stigma almost? I don't think it's a negative stigma, but it's like, you don't have to do it. Like I've gone into many Ubers. I've walked through, walked in restaurants in the Uber, the Uber driver may wear it. Maybe not all the way up to the nose in restaurants. The waitress, the hostess may wear it. But they they don't require you to necessarily wear it. In fact, I've had one restaurant out of the 20 I've been to this past week or so that have made me, that have said, hey, you need to put that on. Oh, interesting, interesting. See, meanwhile, back here on, on, on the West Coast. On planet Earth? Yeah, no, yeah. where we're uh, on, road, on our way in California here, the road to June 15th. And it, it's interesting because I feel a little schizophrenic sometimes. Like there are times, you know, I forget to just, you know, just just out of habit, I forget to wear the mask, like getting out of my car or something, um, parking and, you know, ch- checking the, that I parked correctly or whatever. And I grab all my stuff and I walk out. Then I realize like, oh, my God, I forgot my mask. I'm going to get <laughs> and I'm worried I'm going to get some funny looks, even though technically I'm fully vaccinated. I should be OK walking around with no mask. You're OK. So, but but, you know, California is still, you know, like, you you know, we're the opposite of where Florida is, I guess, on the other extreme. You know, we're we're, we're still counting down the days, what I call the road to June 15th. <laughs> Where we'll uh, finally have no capacity limits and everything, and so uh, so yeah, so it's a little uh, schizophrenic for me. Um, by think, the way, I think what California should do really is like, it, I, I know Jason and Bree won't know this reference, but I think you will. Is that that Stuart Smiley reference where he looks in the mirror? It's a Saturday Night Live skit, and he looks in the mirror and he's like, "I'm smart enough, I'm confident." It's Fred Armisen who does this. Uh, you know, I don't have to wear a mask because I'm fully vaccinated. It should be like that. We should teach Californians to do that. Yep. I mean, I even feel <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I think you're, dude, you're fully vaccinated. Every, 
everyone in that office is fully vaccinated. Like, you guys are smart enough, you're healthy enough, you're vaccinated, you're not going to get the COVID. And if you do, you're going to be just fine. Well, no, that, that's why now I feel schizophrenic because it used to be because I was worried and, and for health concerns. But now it's more of like, a, I feel like I'm committing a social faux pas. Like I can't, no. you know, like, like even some things as minor as, you know, in our office, you know, you know we go to restroom, this hallway, we're in our office building, the, go to the restroom, men's room and hallway. And sometimes I forget to bring my mask and, and I'm worried I ran into someone or I've seen a couple of guys in the men's room and they look at me a little funny because I forgot my mask. <laughs> and so, so I feel like, you know, I feel like this urge to tell them, oh, sorry, I'm vaccinated or something. But, you know, oh, but I, I didn't just, have to feel that. I just, I just say I had it. I, I see that I have those same interactions. We're in the same office. So I have the, I, I'm just like, hey, man, I had it. We're all good. Don't worry. My antibody counts high. So what is it like that in Florida? So does that mean after the airport, everyone just chucks them? Once you get off the plane, um, in Florida. yeah, it is. I mean, I, yeah, literally, once you're out of Miami International, you're, you're just, yeah, I mean, the, nobody, it's just, it's masks off and champagne open. And, you know, it's just <laughs> popping it's bottles. Here. It is popping bottles. It is, I mean, I mean, I've, I've said it before, like the, the, the cost of the hotel is double. Okay. The the service is definitely a step below, and I've heard that's a you know that's something that happened in the last few months. So that means like what that tells me is that people from states from other states and specifically vaccinated people are coming here in droves, and they're peaking up the demand because now we're we're like now in the shoulder season. We're not like in peak season anymore, but we're still May is still a really good month to be in Miami. But as you get into June and July, these are like really kind of the off season so may is still a pretty good month to be here so but we're in the shoulder it's not like the best month and Wait, why why is it the off season i thought people come out there for the summer no beach. it's too hot it's oh too it gets hot. too hot it's too hot so people when people miami season is really like november to like april mm-hmm. maybe march and april may start right into the shoulder season so that means like the season just after like the best point and then June, July, August are pretty hot here. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as an example, like as you get into July, August, September, especially those later months, August, September, like I don't know another place where the water, I mean, I'm, there's a few places I've been where the, the ocean water starts tipping into well into 90 plus degrees, but it's not like, it's not uncomfortable, but it's so hot at outside, like it's 90 plus degrees plus 90 plus percent humidity. Plus the ocean water is 90 something degrees where it's like, that's one of the rare, I mean, it's one of the rarities where it's like, oh my God, I, I only know a few places on the planet where all those things converge. But, and personally, like everything well, is kind of 90, 90, 90. It's pretty. Well, pretty well I'm looking forward to at least getting California closer to there. As I said, we're on the road to June 15th to, to sort of normality. Um, they finally gave out some details on what that really means. And so basically, June 15th, come June 15th, no more yellow tear, red tear, orange tear, purple tear. All the tears are gone here in California. And um, and also, uh, no mask requirements. So you don't have to wear masks um, indoors or outdoors. Um, except there is still a, some exceptions. They, they, they did make uh, on uh, sort of large indoor events, I guess like concerts, you know, anything over 5,000 people indoors. There is... They're still requiring masks, and they're well, sorry, they're not requiring masks, but they're requiring. If you're going to hold an event like at the Laker game, 
Uh, they nice. they continue in the playoffs. You you need to prove either you're tested negative in 72 hours or you uh, are fully vaccinated. So if you, if you do want to go to indoor sports in the playoffs, you in California at least will still be kind of clinging to some restrictions. Um, on the flip side, outdoor stuff like Disneyland, um, if you're a big Disney fan here, and then there's other amusement parks in California, which always does a ton of business, um, the restrictions will be gone. And also restrictions from visitors from other states. So, you know, welcome all to Disneyland. Let's get that tourism business back going here in, in uh, California. But uh, that is a true member of the Chamber of Commerce. There you go. There you go. We got it. Well, speaking of vaccinations, I want to do a follow up from something we talked about yeah. last week. So I want to. I love the follow up. So, Vax a Million, we talked about. The, ah, yes. The, the, the great state of Ohio. Ohio. Came up with the, what I thought was a brilliant idea. I think I was fascinating. Love that this, this, this whole vaccine lottery. Which, if you hadn't listened to the pod last week, I encourage you to listen to it. You should be listening to it always. Basically, Ohio was doing five drawings of a million dollars each, and today is the first drawing actually. Oh, and, so, and so, just so let's uh, ask a question: How many people do you think signed up to to participate in this million dollar drawing? Wait, so, so you don't get an auto like you don't get an auto entry? Yeah, sign up. I don't know how they how, how they auto entry, but you have to have oh. gotten your you first get shot, shot of the vaccine within the last week. Okay, uh, from this one, this uh, past Wednesday. How many? So how many people, people this week signed up? That's a good question. Um, well, we're averaging like one seven a day in the country, so times seven. So let's just call it ten million. Ohio's like what twelve million people breathe? Twelve, 12 million 13 million. People? Yeah, twelve million people. So we're, I mean, can't be more than two hundred thousand, maybe a hundred fifty thousand. No. And so, and then of this, if you actually have to sign up on this thing, maybe a hundred thousand. Okay. Last I checked, I didn't check today, as of yesterday though, two point seven million people registered. So two point oh, seven. You, oh, you can get so you uh, for the previous people can also sign up. No, no, no. You had to have done it within the last week. How the hell does that work? So they got two point seven million people registered. Well, maybe actually, you know what? You're right. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm off on that because that is too many people to do in a week. Yeah. But they have two point seven million people registered for this, and then yeah. Well, that's pretty uh, good. I mean, that's which is great. which is a lot of people who got vaccinations recently, and then, and then on the scholarship, they also were giving away um, scholarships, um, you know, to 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 an Ohio public university, free room and board, which is great. I think to encourage young people, um, you know, free scholarships. I think is good to promote education. And one hundred and four thousand people registered for the scholarship. That makes sense. So so. So Ohio's, it's having an impact. I I think yeah. it's good use of, and they're paying for it. I think even even though Republican the state, they're paying for it with all federal CARES Act money, and so I think it's good use of CARES Act money actually. 100%. If, you're, if you're trying to encourage uh, vaccinations, so so having seen them do that, other states of course have done started to do copycat, and so it's so a couple other states. Interestingly, Maryland is doing basically uh, a lottery every day for uh, winners. One winner gets forty thousand. So forty thousand dollars every day for forty days, followed by Not a bad. big, a big prize of four hundred thousand dollar drawing on July fourth. New York, okay. New York, uh, went the other way, did scratch tickets instead, <laughs> where you get a range of prizes. I guess scratch tickets and little scratchers that people like to buy. Pretty popular in New York, and they're giving prizes from twenty dollars all the way up to grand prize of five million, one five million dollar hmm. prize, and then Oregon 
is doing a, a one million dollar prize. Good old Oregon is doing a one million dollar prize lottery, and then they also have basically three dozen prizes of ten thousand dollars each, and that's one for each county in the state. So, um, other people are getting into this whole prize encouragement of the vaccines on a smaller scale. A little funny one, I thought. Maine, the state of Maine, is offering to people who get a vaccine free uh, LL Bean gift cards, which oh. I didn't realize that was that popular. But I guess that that that, that LL Bean gonna, <laughs> people in Maine love their LL Bean. Yes, yeah, very popular. <laughs> that catalog used to really make waves when they come out. Yeah, many many moons ago. Um, interesting, interesting. So, so, um, I was chatting with you earlier, David, and, you know, I think we're, we're entering this weird world where <clears throat> there's a real highlight on just overall shortages of things. So, you know, there's a housing shortage, like inventory is all time low, you know, people, it's people can't find housing to buy, they want to buy houses, and obviously, you know, this is also because if we look back a decade ago when there was the Great Recession, the all-time homeownership was like well into the mid-70s. And now as we look at it as, you know, people like us, but real home builders kind of converge into building apartments. And so we, we built the fewest amount of homes in the past decade. I think generally the U.S. has averaged kind of 20 million homes. In the past decade, it was like six million homes. And, and really a lot of that focus shifted to apartment housing. So, but overall, just like there's just a continual theme about shortages in, in the U.S. economy, whether it be homes or lumber or, um, well, definitely not PPE, but, or toilet paper for that matter. But there's just shortages about uh, across, the, across the globe, especially the U.S. And so, but David, I guess the question is like, where where is the surplus? I mean, beyond PPE and maybe, you know, um, I guess uh, toilet paper. Where is the soil, where where are the surpluses? Because generally, the money flows somewhere, right? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because I'm not really certain. Like all all, all the things I've been hearing about is, yeah, I guess, and I guess maybe that's how news works. They focus on the shortages and not the surpluses, <laughs> like. All I hear about is shortages where, you know, maybe there's not enough gas or gas prices high or, or cars, yeah. as you know, I was car buying recently. And, you know, there's a huge shortage in cars, especially in the used car market. And used, yeah. You know, some used cars car cost market. more than new cars now. And so, uh, you know, other than like you mentioned PPE, and, and as you know, during the last 15 months, I, I frequently keep us all in the office and at home yes, supplied do. with PPE. So I keep track of these things when I go to the grocery store. And, and I've noticed that the hard to find Lysol is not so hard to find anymore. Not so and, much. Not so much anymore. In fact, there's a little too much of it. And, and so, so and, you know, and so, you know, and, and certainly, you know, you know, I've slowed down my purchases of uh, paper towels and toilet paper. And so there's definitely a, a, the supply chain, at least in those kind of things that I guess really, you know, went out of stock and, you know, you know, bottled water, all the other survivorist, survivorist type <laughs> items are all back in supply, if not more. I think the supply chain reacted to it and, and, and was still keeping pace or at times, you know, demand overwhelmed it still. You, you would still be missing Lysol from the shelves. But overall, in the grocery store, all the normal kind of products are pretty much kind of back to normal. Um, 
I don't know what else is is, is oversupplied. Um, Not, but, but like you like, said, the houses, you know, there's a shortage of houses. There's just a shortage of everything. Of everything there's a shortage of like people to wash dishes. There's a shortage of people to serve, you know, to serve at a restaurant or a hotel. There's a shortage of, uh, it's just a shortage of everything. Like where, and when you have this much shortage, I, I've heard some interesting stories about this. Like, like I, you know, one of the interesting things I've heard is like, basically, Employment now, I mean, California side, because we're still like pushing this 9% level, is pretty much 5 to 6% in the US. Okay. And so the, there's a lot of gripe that, you know, there's people at home collecting stimmy, and, and that's where, like, you know, there's a big problem. It's a, it's a big rep- Republican refrain that, like, there's just people that are just doing that. But the reality is, like, and this makes a lot of sense, is like, there's just people there's like, all right, you know what? I could be a waitress and I might be making like $6 an hour or $8 an hour, whatever the, the, like the super minimum is. And I'm just hoping that I'm going to make X amount of dollars on tips and my lifestyle is all over the place because who knows if I am having a busy Thursday or they're going to you know, let me up early or they're just like, they don't need me at all. Or I could just go to like work for Amazon and I've got, I'm going to make $15 or $18 an hour. And I just know exactly what my lifestyle is going to be. Like I'm going to work four days a week. I'm going to be there Monday through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. And work 10 hours a day. And I just know exactly what's going to happen. And there could, there's just like, seems to be like a whole portion of workers that's just like, you know what? I would rather just do this. And even though I might not make as much money, my quality of life will be much better because I, it's just a lot easier to figure out. Yeah, I definitely think you, that, I definitely think the pandemic, you know, because we were a lot of people were quarantining and, and, and uh, I want to say hibernate. They, they were quarantining and separating themselves, you know, caused a lot of people kind of reevaluate, I think, also. Yeah, and there weren't companies open, so so there weren't a lot of, you know, jobs, and, and now we're kind of in the opposite, right? It, it, you know, there, there's companies trying to hire. There are some companies coming back, but as you said, there's not a surplus of of, of jobs. There is a lot of demand for these uh, low lower wage workers, but you know, I think it's caused people to kind of reassess, you know, what what their priorities are, especially. I, I think those lower wage workers have actually gotten a real opportunity to say, you know what? I don't need that lifestyle of being a line cook at Denny's for $12 an hour. Like, I'd just rather work for Amazon and make 11 and I just know my life is going to be this, and it's very set, and I don't need to, like, this, like, constant upheaval in my life. Yeah, I guess the only thing where that, where that, that could change their thinking is if inflation keeps going, right, and prices of just things to live, you know, rent or yeah, but or, or the dollar gas. doesn't make it much of a difference at that point. That that one dollar represents two thousand dollars in a year, at best. Hmm. And maybe that, that that could be a big amount, and that could make a big difference. But I think that there's just a, a. It seems like there's one train of thought where people are. You know, people are just not interested in these jobs and they're collecting unemployment and stimulus. 
which I think there's some truth to that. I'm not delusional about this. But I think there's another train of thought that says that there is maybe a portion of workers that just say, you know what, I'd rather just work in this job. It's very set up. It's very clear what my hours are. It's very stable. I'm not working on tips. I'm not working on, and I've got a lot of things figured out for me. True. I, I don't think people talk about it. I mean, I, I think but the reason I kind of bring it to light is I don't think it's it's mentioned much because I think the the real thing is when you walk in to your hole in the wall shop like we talked about last week in Torrance, and the guy's like, "Well, I can't get workers." And when I walk in with like when we go to our like you know work lunches, and the guys like we're like da- they're like down a staffer or two staffers, and like, "Well, we can't get anybody." Or like when we're looking to hire somebody at a lower level, we're like. Well, we're not seeing a lot of applicants. I think it just becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy where it's just like, oh, well, you just can't find these people. And so then maybe those all those people are just sitting in their living room, just, you know, eating bonbons and just collecting stimulus. But the reality is like, maybe this is actually just shifted where they don't really want to work in the local restaurant or even nicer restaurant in a lower wage capacity. They just like, Rather take maybe a slightly lower wage or even a better wage, but just have a real, you know, clear work schedule. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. It's 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 hard to it's, yeah. I mean, that psychology is hard to say. I mean, theoretically, I guess in a capitalist society, right? What's the solution to that? You pay more, right? You get higher wages, and you should be able to attract the workers. Yeah, but but, but will that happen? Though, like, I don't know. That's the, a good the point. The hundred thousand guy, in some ways, like that. Yeah, there's an opportunity to make a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know which Chipotle he's working at. Is that like Midtown Manhattan where he's slinging, you know, six hundred lunches in the course of two hours? Probably. That's probably where that's happening. It's not happening in like you know Kentucky. I doubt it. It's probably in a very high wage area which is a very high volume shop right yeah no i agree that well the challenge on that and the, the wage argument is that the bigger like chipotle could pay it you know because they're chipotle but your small mexican restaurant you know might not you know there's only so much more they can pay to, but, to well, start well, making it business it's too. not about where it, yeah roberta's mexican chicaria probably isn't going to have anyone paying making that much but Chipotle made a big statement that they might be willing to pay that much but the reality is where are they paying that much is it I would say it's, it's geographically focused on where they're paying that much it's, re- it's really dependent on where the store is and what the store income is and that's really you know a, a telling of the volume and the overall gross revenue of the store True. I also think it'll also depend on the community, whether there's a, is there a pool of this labor that wants to work? You know, if there's a surplus of younger, you know, maybe there's, you know, less educated people who might want that job. Yeah. You know, the one area where there might be some surplus is, as I think about this now is, I mean, maybe just moving it back to real estate a little bit is, is, I guess, you know, some of the distress real estate type assets, right? The shopping centers that have failed or malls that are outdated or the hotels that didn't make it. I mean, there might be a little bit of surplus because obviously hotels and those things haven't recovered fully. 
you know, I, I think we've been following the hotel sector very, like, on a very, just a distance, I would say, but just we haven't tracked it. And in the last month, I've seen just a, a number of, like, limited service tertiary hotels come for distress sale. Like, Shawnee, you know, um, Grand Rapids, um, uh, outside of Black Hills, North Dakota. I mean, I've seen some really tertiary product come out there. Yeah. And I mean, something I would want to get involved in, or I'd say we should even look at, but it's just, okay, well, I haven't seen that. In a, that, that those locations obviously haven't done well in a year, but it looks like somebody's, yeah, those, those are being sold off. And I haven't really dug in as a, a lender sale or is that, you know, uh, an owner said, I haven't dug into any of those things, but it does seem like that is starting to happen. Yeah. And then I guess maybe also on some, on the retail side too, I'm sure there's some strip centers and other places that have struggled. So I think that's, that's probably where maybe there's a little bit of surplus industrial and, and multifamily is, as we always talk about, that's definitely the opposite. If anything, it's getting more expensive as, as we know, as we chase deals. Yeah, I mean, I think those things are getting more expensive for sure. Yeah, I mean, an interesting statistic I saw last week, there's a CBRE survey. If just looking at our home home area of Southern California, they said that the uh, uh, investments in, in Southern California for the first four months of 2021 has already hit $10 billion, uh, which makes up uh, basically 43% of, of basically everything we had Excuse me. It was already double the 2020 levels in Southern California. I'd love to see what the 19 levels were. That's it. It's really interesting, though. So, um, and but and, and then a good chunk million... of it is multifamily too. Oh, I bet in in California. Yeah, Southern California. And just Southern California. Wow, that's actually. Yeah. I would love yeah. to in 19 levels. 43 percent of it was apartment sales activity. Wow. So, so four and a half billion, basically. Yeah. Wow. So it's, that's crazy. it's very interesting. Yeah. I'm surprised actually it's only four and a half billion on the market on the multifamily side. Yeah. I would think it's even higher. That means that there's still a good chunk of non multifamily that's been transacted here. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, I would say we know, like, I'd say offhand, we probably know a half a billion, billion dollars. I mean, yeah, we probably know a couple billion dollars that's been transacted just personally. With half of that amount, I would say we probably have a good understanding of what's going on. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Well, Blackstone itself <laughs> did a billion dollar apartment purchase two weeks ago. So. Yeah. I mean, that's what, well, that's the yeah, exactly. right there. <laughs> but that's so, at San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. They bought like 5,000 The number units. of folks we knew were on, on that deal. Yeah. So, um, interesting. interesting. So, well, should we do so, numbers? Uh, you want to do well, numbers? I was, or before do questions? we do numbers, I was going to ask you if you had any content to share this week. Okay. My content, I do have a little bit of content to share. Please. And it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a discussion about a concept I haven't really thought about. Um, and, I, and I'm actually going to combine it with numbers a little bit. Okay. So, um, it goes to a couple of trends um, in, in cars. Because as I mentioned to you, I bought a car a few weeks ago for myself and, and congratulations uh, got one for my son recently as a graduation wow. gift and nice. question is which is my number uh how many cars do you think there are in the world given that 
what what is global population about eight billion? Yeah, seven and a half, eight billion. So I would I would totally think it's like that number. I think it's like eight billion. Like one kind of per person with you know, more uh affluent nations having more and not and less affluent nations, especially like India and stuff. It's like one to seven or something like that. It's actually one point four trillion cars. Oh wow. It's like so it's a lot of cars shit. out there. I never knew the automobile industry uh was that large. That's unbelievable. Now the interesting trend is more sort of my content, which is something I hadn't thought about, which was sort of where the car industry is going as as we as we know with clean clean energy and all this kind of stuff. That's insane. Obviously cars are now moving toward um, you know, self driving cars and also this whole electric cars. And one of the interesting things I've never thought about was that the car as as time has progressed and we've gotten more technologically advanced. Even though you have the typical sort of mechanical parts of a car, you know, the combustion, the engine, the brakes and everything. But the car itself as 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 a final product, like there's so many computer parts to it, um, in terms of uh, different chips. And what's interesting is it's it's really more you know, it's a combination of hardware and software, but there's a lot of software in it because of all the different computer parts, but it's software manufactured by different software companies that all have proprietary software and it's not sort of unified. So it's not like say an Apple product, which is all kind of Apple controlled and centralized and everything. And I think Tesla started it where they kind of made it more efficient and they started replacing hundreds of these little small computers that are in a car that powers things like brakes and other parts. And Hmm. instead they started using bigger and more powerful computers and try to centralize it more. And so one of the interesting things is, you know, where's the future cars going? What's the trend there? And if we believe it's going to be more electric cars, does it make sense for, you know, us to one day have an Apple car, you know, Apple dominates technology and and phones and, and uh, watches and everything. And so, and so, you know, will it, you know, what, what will the future of the car look like? Will it be sort of, you know, Apple is, you know, right now we've got cars where, okay, the car manufacturers put in things that uh, can do Apple play and Google, whatever, you know, the similar Google play. And, you know, what happened, you know, is it, do you see, do you envision a future where it's the reverse, where Apple has dominated the car and maybe GM and Ford are sort of the, the smaller companies now? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think Ford had a bunch of announcements this week, but I guess I just have always looked at it like I, I look at cars kind of on a very, I think I look at cars very differently than most in the general public is like I think overall I think we'll always have them in some portions so, but I would be shocked if like my children who are four and one and a half respectively if they ever learn to drive because I just don't like I think Jason's actually a great example of this is like I think Jason just got his driver's license like a year or two ago I want to say and and so the the allure of getting a driver's license and the freedom of having a driver's license and being able to drive is starting to really diminish with the advent of like Uber and stuff. And I think that trend kind of like, you know, Netflix versus Blockbuster will just continue to go forward. So where people really won't have this like big, you know, there'll always be enthusiasts that want to, buy the fancy new whatever but i think over time i just think a world where you'll just see more autonomous driving 
will continue to surface. And to be honest, like this week I'm in Miami. I'm taking Ubers to restaurants that are too far to to bike to or walk to. Um, and that's fine. But really, I haven't used the car at all. Aside from, I, mean, I haven't driven in over a week. Yeah, it's interesting you say you say, you say that because that that is one trend, and and you know taking it a step further is sort of the self driving cars. Well, you have like the Google branded self driving car that's yeah. almost like your your Uber driver, but it's actually a computer. Um, I think you have a couple self driving cars in the Bay Area. I don't know if they're out in Florida, but um, supposedly yeah, that's where this trend is heading. And so that's where they talk about why it kind of makes sense for Apple to get involved in some capacity, either doing his own car or doing like creating some kind of mobility service. You know, that's great. But I think that's, I'm just thinking out loud, I think that's where the, the difficulty emerges for Apple. It's like, could they invent a stellar product? Sure. But like, I don't know if Apple is really like, they'd have to go back to their original roots of when they were supplying you know, computers, because if you remember Apple before the iPhone, one of their big things was applying Apple computers to educational systems, especially at the early education levels, like elementary school. Like my guess is Jason and maybe even Bree probably had an Apple to work off of before they ever had a PC and definitely before they had any other Chromebook or anything like that. Because that was the Apple push. was like the initial push before the iPhone was, we will get kids on Apples. I have no idea. I, I think that's probably what they were working with. You guys can speak up. But, oh, yeah, that uh, is uh, correct for me. Never so, so had the, an Apple computer in my life. You never <laughs> had a Mac? <laughs> never. So, so, for, so for Jason, it was correct. And Bri, I'm not... I, Ohio's different, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say that, but thank you. For saying. Uh, so, but but that was the big. You, you bring about memories of the old MacBook. Remember when it was like shaped yeah. like a little little uh, yeah, uh, little rectangular little tower, and you yeah, stuck in like your little disc. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. you stuck in your your. See, you don't even know what I'm talking about. The, the it MacBook didn't look like how a MacBook yeah. looks. Is it called a MacBook? What is it called? Yeah, the, no, the it's, Mac it's, computers it's, today it totally looks yeah. different. <laughs> It was totally different. It had like it was green and purples and stuff like that. Yeah, I think actually our kindergarten class had the colorful. Yeah, yeah. but but that's the I thing is like they they were like that's what they originally were was like this provider of like goods to you know not generally nonprofit institutions or government institutions, right? And then they came up with this iPhone, and that's uh, really came up with the 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 apple ipod and that sort of changed everything and then the iphone really changed everything right so maybe this is their next foray but i, I think cars are a little weirder for them because it, you know the the general trajectory seems to be towards an autonomous society but they're but they are a good company that's sort of finding some need or desire or oh yeah like that 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 humans want and then create designing that product and, and branding it and all that. And, you know, the one thing that's interesting is because it's not electric. I mean, if you think about it, Apple doesn't really make anything. They outsource it, right? They're not a manufacturing yeah. company. And so yeah, it, it can awesome. easily envision a world where, you know, they don't need to make the car, the vehicle. They just need to put together and design it 
in their Apple way. And, and, and so that's intuitive and it meets everyone's needs and, and have the proper, you know, centralized, you know, software that controls everything. So what's your number before we talk? About so my number, well, well, I've got a few things, but my number is actually, so one thing, Miami is a crazy place. I mean, this is a, a city that is very open. It's not for the faint of heart in terms of if you've got some COVID concerns, this is not where you should come because the concerns of people here are not about COVID. And, it, it, you know, I think most people are vaccinated. Otherwise, you don't care. Um, it, it's just it's just an interesting place right now. I mean, there's a lot of people here that are tax-driven and lifestyle-driven. There's a lot of people, younger people that are just like, they want to be in a super open, fun place. Um, and I think a lot of boxes get checked when you come here. But, but, but the number I came up with was, it's actually really anecdotal. So, you know, I'm sitting at the one hotel. And at the one, there's this, you know, it's on a little bit of a hill. And this hill, because we have a stroller with the, for the kids, you have to go up this kind of ramp to get to the one. It's like 70 feet. Okay, because it's a it's a pretty steep incline. So you got you know you get the ramp, and at the end of the ramp, there's really you get to landing, and then you basically there's a, there's two steps to go down, the two and a half steps to go down, and it's really a handicap ramp. And I'm like, this hotel is only four years old, and I'm like, wow, this is Miami at the end of the day. You walked up this beautiful, nice landscape, 70 foot ramp that's done at grade. And then you get to the end of it and you still, if you're in a head, if you're a handicapped person or in our case, you have a stroller, you still have to go down three steps to get down to the back to the ground level. And then again, go up, which in, in like most states like New York and California, this is like, definitely not okay but this is like grounds for a lawsuit and i I know for a fact because i've been sued over much much less you know i've been sued over like literally inches not feet of of what the grade of this was so but it just this is miami like 70 you know this is 70 feet and the last two feet they were just like ah this we can't really get this right. This is what we're going to do. So we'll figure out that they, they can deal with it. Person. We'll <laughs> just deal, deal with it. it. But, but, but everyone just signed off of it. The, the city inspector, the city, the mayor, everyone's like, well, whatever. This is a big ass hotel. It's worth like a billion dollars. Let's ah, move on. Like, but that's just it, all the great things that are Florida and Miami. I realize it's really about the three steps. It's like those three feet are really what compass the state. Like there's just this little bit of sloppiness that you can like live with and enjoy and like maybe like, you know, kind of laugh about or you're just like, that is what this is. Well, it's interesting because so those, those, those three steps probably also ref- reflect why in Miami it's, it's uh, different from Texas in terms of, uh, yeah. you know. The, where you are in terms of uh, COVID restrictions? Well, it's 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 you know it's a it's a city that's gonna have the most immigrant babies in 
America this year. It's a city that's, you know, probably super ethnically diverse. It's, it's a city that has like tons of GDP growth. I mean, there's all this stuff that's happening, but in the end, like it is like just about kind of the final three feet. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I, I really like it here. I really like it. But there's like this part of me that's just like, oh, I'm always going to have to kind of figure out those last three feet. Yeah, but that's my stroller. That, but some people can, it's a small price to pay. One can argue. Too. Yeah, listen, man. Three you, steps. You come from York, California, <laughs> we're paying 50% state tax. You'll figure out those three feet. You're coming from, yeah. you know, hey, I, I'm making X in California, I'm making X plus Y in Miami. You'll figure out those three feet. And it's figure, you can figure it out. But, it, but it's also just a little remembrance of like, yeah, there's a lot of things that are really cool here. But remember, there's always this portion that's always going to be a little, little kind of off. And that, that's just the culture of the city because this is not a, an old hotel. This is a brand new hotel. It's, it's a culture. It's the culture. It's a little bit of culture to just kind of like zoom over shit. And sometimes it works. And there's going to be times where it doesn't work. Yeah, I guess in some ways that that sums up the philosophy of the, the governor too, right? <laughs> he does. Yeah. He 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 walks to the beat of a, his own drummer. So indeed. All right, my my content of the week was I'm watching a startup on Netflix, which is a story about uh, cryptocurrency. Some young people trying to uh, using a Gen Coin as a cryptocurrency, which sounds a lot like Doge Coin, which is very interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm get through it. It's uh, it's very cliched. It's very odd. Um, a lot of things that seem to be very uh, timely, but just a little behind. But I'm watching that, and I'll see where it ends. And then I have one new one, David, and I'm surprising you on this one. Is I'm going to start an upgrade of the week, and this week my upgrade of the week is the Strava app. S T R A V A. Feel free to follow me. The Strava app. And I have a, a, a little group of neighbors and friends and family that I follow and, or follow me. And, and we just kind of log what we do from an exercise standpoint, specifically running, swimming, or biking is what mostly I think most folks are doing on there. So, um, and we uh, just kind of track what each other's doing and give like little high fives. And when you, like what somebody's done, which is almost anything. And uh, it's kind of nice. It just kind of gives you a little outlet to, hey, that's cool you did that. You, you know, like I have a, I have a uh, cousin that regularly bikes 30 miles and that's impressive. And I've got a brother-in-law who kind of jogs a few miles and, and that's impressive too. And so it's all like, it's all good, but it's kind of just fun to watch what other people are doing. So the Strava app, I would recommend it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds definitely uh, much more admirable than the, normal likes I do on Facebook looking at people just showing food that they're eating. Well, you, so, so. You, want, you can join this Strava app and you can you But can I don't log know what I was posting on it. You can you can log your walk from the car to the office yeah. and we'll all give you kudos. Yeah, like, there you go. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well I think we've uh, crushed our longest episode ever. Uh, Dave Fong, any upgrade of the week for you, my friend? Uh, no other upgrade other than just looking forward to June 15th. <laughs> All right, June 15th, here it comes. Uh, David Fong, final last words. Uh, be safe, everyone, and have a great Memorial Day weekend. Get vaccinated, folks. Let's yeah. hit this, uh, let's hit this herd immunity or whatever it is. All right, y'all. Bye. <laughs>